it's interesting, isn't it? So often those that are innovating and discovering and creating in science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and medicine, sometimes their strength is totally in the technical aspects of getting it done. But when it comes to having the confidence and the authority and belief in themselves to communicate with others about their solution or to lead a team, they often shy away or try to avoid those points and just maybe hope it'll all go away. And look, not all innovators are introverts. There are the extroverted ones too, who are, whether they know it or not, they need help with management and leadership to help rally a team to make their vision a reality. My guests today know that space all too well. I'm joined by Elizabeth and Christine from Walt Institute, who are creating authentic, empowered leaders and helping people to realize their untapped potential and step into their true authentic power. So that time again, Team Health Tech, let's make it happen. Welcome to Talking Health Tech with Peter Birch, a podcast featuring conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. With me today are Dr. Elizabeth Pritchard and Christine Burns, the founders of Walt Institute. Elizabeth has coached over 700 leaders, researchers and health professionals in Australia, New Zealand and internationally, and has over three decades working in STEM with institutes, universities and health services like Hudson Institute of Medical Research, Bionics Institute, Monash University and more. Christine's a former elite athlete in hockey for New Zealand and has over 20 years of coaching, sports psychology and performance experience. Together, Elizabeth and Christine with Walt Institute help people feel inspired, less stressed and determined to live their lives with resilience and authenticity to achieve their career and life goals. Hey guys, how are you going? Jolly good. Fantastic. Thank you for having us here today, Pete. Thank you for joining. I'm really looking forward to covering the all-important topics of management and leadership around the area of STEM, but particularly medicine and health and understanding what leaders within healthcare really need to be focusing on. So thanks so much for making the time. Give us a bit of an overview of yourselves firstly. Tell us a bit more about yourselves and what's brought you to start Walt Institute. So I'm Christine and I'm a former elite athlete, educator and performance coach and I'm also co-founder and CEO of Walt Institute and as you can tell I'm a Kiwi so have very strong (laughs) Kiwi background on that one, came over here to Australia and been in the kind of coaching area for a long time, worked with elite athletes, teams, Royal New Zealand Ballet, you know that kind of thing and thought hey why not carry this on. The coolest thing was both Elizabeth and I were kind of doing the same thing and then went, no, we can't work together. Yes, we can. We're doing the same thing. We want the same outcome. So, hey, presto, it's kind of how we came about with Walt Institute. Yeah, cool. And I'm Elizabeth. So great to be here. Thank you again, Pete. And so my background is I'm an occupational therapist and moved into the area of education probably 10, 12 years ago. And during that whole time, and then and then studied to do my PhD and moved over to Australia to do that from New Zealand. You can tell again, another Kiwi, <laughs> <laughs> and so and moved over here to do my PhD and learn the skills of research and to be able to make a difference in the world in a different way through research and identifying how to. Uh, impact humanity I suppose Um, that's that was my aim at that time Mm. and during the last sort of four or five years and before that before we set up Walton Institute there was this real need that people in STEM were sort of incredibly skilled at what they do amazing amazing people at what they do and how they do it 
yet what we've found is there's always that reticence to actually step into those courageous conversations, to step up and put their hands up and go, can I be promoted, please? <laughs> <laughs> and so we wanted to address those types of things. And that's why we set up Walt Institute, which is Women Authentic Leadership Training Institute. So we coach and train people in authentic leadership practice. Amazing. I'm keen to understand a little bit more around authentic leadership and we'll cover on that in just a second. But for those that are just wanting to really understand the differences and work out where leadership fits in and the differences to management, can you speak to the difference between management and leadership a bit more to help us set the scene? Absolutely. People often think, oh, but I don't have a leadership title. That's not my role. I'm not the supervisor. I'm not the manager. I'm not the team leader. I'm not the project lead. I'm not the PI. I'm not the whatever. So what are you? Okay, <laughs> so all of us are actually leaders. We all lead ourselves and others to some degree. Now, we wouldn't get out of bed in the morning if we didn't lead ourselves. We'd stay in bed all day, every day and not actually achieve anything. So we are all leaders. And authentic leadership is about how to tap into those innate strengths of you so that you can lead yourself and anybody else around some of the most effective leaders are those informal leaders in the teams. We've got a team at the moment that one of the people in the team, she is a phenomenal leader, and yet she does not have that title. However, it's up to us to sort of harness that and encourage that and tap into her innate strength so that she just keeps growing and growing, and people follow her. That's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And that's really important for yourselves as well as the founders for the organization. And, you know, even though there's two of you and you're New Zealanders, so you're a bit more of a superhero than Australianers. I just said it. <laughs> well, that's what Australians think anyway. It's secretly deep down, I think they know that New Zealanders are generally better at things. So that's why we like to take credit when you do things well. And because everyone feels like Australia is, yeah, everyone knows Australia <laughs> around the world. Um, but as an aside, as the titled leaders of the organization, there's a lot on your plate. So to be able to have someone within the organization who has been assumed or has assumed that leadership role, I feel like would be really important also that have a lot of credibility within the team as well. So that must be important. Yeah, it makes it easier in that sense to be able to have or to have the trust and rely on people, which comes back to part of that authentic leadership thing too, is to build the trust so that there's not that top down kind of effect or you know, that, that thing of always having to micromanage people or anything like that, you know that you can get on and do, for instance, I can get on and do my job, Elizabeth can get on and do her job, and then the rest of the team can get on and do their job. And there's no need to always have that over-the-top looking or have that worry or, you know, even whether it's mistrust or anything like that. There's like, you know, they're all competent, capable people to do their job and they bring out their own strengths. And that's that's part of what happens when you're able to step away and go, I'll do my job, I'm an expert in my job, they're an expert in theirs, therefore they're going to give you so much more because when you trust them, when they're able to bring out their strengths, when they're able to feel like they actually matter and are worthy mm. and have their place in those organisations, they're going to deliver you so much more than you ever thought possible. And then you're like, dude, I didn't even know you could do that stuff. And they just deliver it because they can, because they've got this freeness to be themselves. Mm. I feel like a lot of people would have experienced that, particularly over the past 12 months, where whether they wanted to or not, a lot of managers have to deal with the fact that they're going to have a lot more remote workers. And one element of remote work, as we all know, is that you have to place a lot more trust in individuals that they're going to get their thing done rather than watching over the top of them. So is that one of the themes and issues that you've helped out, you know, leaders over the past 12 months and beyond with? And also, what are some other things that you help managers and leaders with? 
linking back to your question about management versus leadership as well, you've just highlighted a really good point there, Pete, because sort of managers often do that top-down sort of management. They manage within a process and a system. And sometimes they micromanage, sometimes leaders micromanage, but hopefully not. (laughs) And they often manage within a system and it's much more top-down. And it's like, you have to do this, you have to do this by certain times and da-da-da-da-da. And they're interested in getting to a certain goal at a certain time. However, when you're looking at more authentic leaders, and as I said, the informal ones, and I'll come back to that, what's happened in the last 12 months as well. When you're looking at more of the informal leaders, if you actually allow, like Christine was saying, allow them to recognize their own innate strengths, or you can actually do some strength spotting, some wonderful work by Sue Langley does Sue it. Sue Langley does it, Andy Cup as well and it's like strength spotting it's like what are the innate strengths so not the things that we do well it's those innate strengths of who we are Mm. and who we be and when we allow people to do that amazing things happen I know that within another team that I'm working in with Monash University as well many people have stepped up over the last 12 months in totally different ways and it's been absolutely beautiful to see it's been people have been more courageous people have contacted other people outside of the work and created things somebody set up a buddying system because it needed now these people that have done this have not been the team leaders or the deputy director of the institute it's like they are people who have gone there's a need I can feel that need and there's this trust there's this absolute embodiment of authenticity from the managers (laughs) the leaders at the top and they've allowed the team to grow and develop and that's what we mm. what's we're, we're aiming to do more and contribute to that movement so that people can be more authentic in what they do and how they do it. To help put it in perspective for people, if they're thinking, is this something that's relevant to me in my day today? What are some of the clients that you work with or the size of the companies or people and the types of challenges you help them overcome? We've worked with the likes of, or still working with the likes of Bionics Institute, Hudson Medical Institute of Research, I mean, we work with a lot of people in WISP as well. So Women in Science Parkville Precinct. Um, we've, I mean, and we also work in with some of the people in New Zealand as well. And so there's anything from, you know, single one-on-one people mm. all the way through to we do group training um, in these high-level science kind of research institutes as well. We've got a lot of people that have come in from the medical side. So both from nurses, allied health, We've got medical doctors, all sorts of people, you know, anything from finance, admin sides, those types mm. of things too. So what we're doing is we're working with the singular people as well as bigger groups. The day-to-day thing is to be able to, if, when you bring your absolute best self forward, no matter what it is that you're doing, you're always going to deliver more as an individual when then there's this ripple effect that happens across the team and it happens across the organizations too. And it's it's that kind of thing where for us, we know that we can, you know, tap into one person and then we know that there's going to be a ripple effect on their team and their family and their friends as well. And then we worked with Hudson and we worked with their six emerging leaders. And so what's happened is each of them have gone back now and they have a massive impact on their own teams and their own labs. And then now they're having, you know, there's there's even more of them that are doing more amazing things and getting higher levels of funding and all sorts of stuff that's coming through from it. When you're actually able to step into your authentic leadership abilities, and we can come to a little bit more about what that means in a minute, but when we step into our own authentic leadership abilities, people are 
finding that they are less stressed in the day because Mm. they're going into each day without worrying about what they think of me. Because when I I know who I am more and I'm confident and strong in in my own self-belief and who I am and my own self-awareness, I can then regulate what I do to, to, uh, to the environment, to the context, and regardless of what is happening out here with my colleagues and uh, teams and projects and international projects and whatever's happening out here, I know that I can control the controllables, and mm. that's me. I cannot control what they do or how they do it. I mean, we get people coming to us going, I'm working in a very, sometimes they say male-dominated area, and it's like, they're not listening to me. How do I speak up more? How do I get noticed more? Some people are saying, I've got this particular boss and they, sometimes they're male, sometimes they're female. Absolutely, it's, it's both genders. Sometimes they are, um, they've got it in for me and it's always a fight. And I'm not sure what to do next because they overlooked me and gave the grant to somebody else. And so it's like, how do we how do we get these things happening? How do we change this? How do we all grow and develop so that STEM is not such a hierarchical field mm. where they tell these people that, they tell these people that, and the people down the bottom have no power whatsoever? How can we empower every single person across the hierarchy to be more authentic? And we work with professors, associate professors, research assistants, PhD students, early career researchers, clinicians, as Christine was saying, docs, we work with a gambit of people who see that they can be a little bit more confident, even though they've got this amazing intellect skill base, they want that extra edge to go even further. Such a powerful skill that I know many checking out the podcast will be thinking, hey, that's probably me in that scenario, whether it's within the you know university setting or some other institution, big or small, uh, I know many could relate with that particular feeling. Let's get into authentic leadership a little bit more so we can add some more more context to the conversations. Tell us a bit more about authentic leadership and what that is. The key thing around authentic leadership is, and so it, it came out in 2003 with Fred Luthens and Bruce Volio. And the thing of looking at it is to go, it's all about that person. So we, you know, we kick into that straight, we, straight away is that it's person-centered. It's not about the framework. It's not about the system. It's not about the process. And The key things about authentic leadership is it's about self-awareness, self-regulation, and psychological capital and agency. And psychological capital is this awesome thing that we call hero. And so, you know, it's about hope. And that's been able to have that future-orientated vision kind of thing or this future-orientated knowing, this deep-down thing that says it is going to work out. It will work out. And then there's also the thing about efficacy, and that's so self-efficacy. It's like confidence, you know, so my self-belief in me. And when I when I believe in me, then I know I can carry on and do things. The ability to have resilience. So when most people talk about resilience, they talk about just bouncing back. What we do with Wild Institute is we talk about bouncing forward. Because if we just have resilience to bounce back, it means we're going back to the same thinking, we're going back to the same thought patterns, we're going back to the same behavior patterns, and the same frigging thing is going to happen over again, and we're going to respond to it in the same way. Whereas if we move forward, we bounce forward, it allows us to learn from it. So when we talk about resilience, we're talking about bouncing forward, learning from it. What can I learn from this situation, good, bad, and different? And that allows us to keep bouncing forward, basically, you know, and it's not that we're moving away from the crap. 
we're actually just gaining more opportunities and gaining a new way or gaining a new vision of how we can move forward. And then the O is about optimism. And that's that thing of not just the happy, clappy being positive, not that lighthearted kind of, it's okay, it'll be all right, it's all good. It's the optimistic thing to go, when I talk about optimism, I know that I can change my attitudes, I can change my headspace, I can change exactly what I need to do. And it might not work out the way I want it to, but I will find something that is optimistic, positive, that I can learn from there and move forward. So it's always about that momentum going forward. So when we look at it, as I say again, it's about self-awareness, self-regulation, psychological capital, and the agency is to take action. My thing, and I've always had it for years, even when I was teaching back home in New Zealand for over 12 years, it's like less chit-chat, more do. And that's one of the things that we really need to harness is to have less chit-chat and more do. And then it means we are putting things into action, so we're moving forward. So that's where authentic leadership comes from, really, is that side of things. I'm trying to think of then the application to healthcare. We focus a lot on healthcare on the show, and there'd be a lot of leaders thinking, or people coming up through the healthcare industry in Australia, thinking how they can apply these. So it sounds like then having authentic leaders within healthcare would be really important. There's some traits that we could would apply in this particular industry. Extremely, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And so as a clinician myself and working with many people for over nearly three decades in the world of health, it's, it's vitally important. Mm. Again, in the world of academia, as in health, there's this hierarchy that happens. And it's often that people feel disempowered because the system says I have to do this or the manager says I have to do that. Mm. And if we got all of those people looking more about being managing authentically and coming forward with their strengths, being able to be more self-aware. I mean, how many of us on, who are listening to this have actually worked with or for a manager who has very little self-awareness? Oh, I'll put my hand up several yeah. times. <laughs> how many of us have worked with managers who don't really know how to self-regulate. One of the managers I worked with, she would throw tanties and throw pens around the place. We heard recently with one of our clients as somebody came up to them and snapped a ruler in front of their face. Now, this is not okay, people. This is not okay. Unreal. And this is happening in the world of health, in the world of STEM, in the world of yes. academia. It's like, this is not okay. There was an, an, another incident of how the consultants were treating the new registrars. Mm. This is not okay. And how do we bust through this? There's several things that we need to do. It's multi-pronged approach. And one of them is for people to feel more empowered and believe that they can. And that's where we come in. That's our specialty. That's our expertise based on positive psychology and the science of, of subjective well-being. All of our strategies are absolutely evidence-based because we know it works. We can prove it works. There's been over three decades of research to show it works. And this is how we can begin to change. There's also the, the whole gambit of the system needs to be addressed and change. And also everybody across the whole level of organisations needs to, to be encouraged to, to develop in a different way. But when we're doing that with, with this amazing psychological capital and we're able to hook into these psychological components of who we are and who we be, mm. then we will take action in a different way and we won't crap on other people. We won't belittle them. Mm. We won't demean other people. We won't feel threatened when we go, oh, my gosh, they're, they're getting a bit 
too tough them getting a bit threatened here they've got more more of this than me or they're getting more of that than me and it's like I need to keep them in their place I need to keep them small that's just a whole lot of BS and that's what we're looking at addressing you raised a point just then that often it's so important that the individual identifies that there's an opportunity to change and, and often with coaching as well, kind of like health too, where, you know, preventative health, it's normally then those that are already mindful of their own health who are getting preventative checks done. But those that really need it are those that let's say there's someone listening that deals with whatever they are with professor, anyone within their institute that feels like they could do with some work in authentic leadership, but wouldn't think that that individual would actually take the steps to get involved how would you go about influencing someone to be able to make some positive changes and maybe have a chat with you guys? A couple of ways to do it is, like from a sporting background, is if I want to be an elite athlete and I want to be good at what I'm doing, I need a coach to do it. You know, the same as we're very quick to go, oh, I need to lose weight, tone up, get bigger guns, whatever it might be. Oh, I'm going to go and get a personal trainer. And yet we often forget about our top six inches, which, you know, is our brain. And so it's that thing in our mindset because we think, oh, okay, if my body's working okay, then everything else is okay. And it's actually all to do with our mindset. So the top six inches is actually where it all counts. And it's that kind of thing is if you want to get better at what you do, you need a coach because the coach will train you and you don't know what you don't know. And so a couple of things in there is to to get people to start coming into that space of going, hey, yeah. You're an expert, at, you know, you know we're, we're an expert in that. I'm an expert in this. Oh, okay. So I need to come to someone so they can tweak and change my mindset because we're quite happy to go to a gym and have our exercise routines or our workouts or whatever tweaked and changed so we can get better at that. But as soon as we often start talking about our mindset, people run away because they think it's a bad thing. But that's the key point there. And the, and the thing that we tap into is identifying also like what matters to people. You know, what's causing you pain in your life? Get away from the pain and find the things that cause you pleasure. And and that's a lot of stuff. It doesn't matter what level people are at. You know, like I, to be honest, I've done some calls with people who I've looked at, I've, you know, so you stalk people online and go, oh, okay, they've got this title. Oh, and they've got this. Oh, and they've done this funding. Or, oh, shit, and they've done this. And they've done that. And then I'm like, oh, that's pretty amazing. Then I jump on and I have a chat with them or I meet them and I'm like, oh, dear. Confidence, low. Self-awareness, low. Self-regulation, not very good. You know, ability to drive themselves and find that inner to keep going when, you know, the mental toughness stuff is, is the stuff that I will be able to shift anyone. And it's that kind of stuff. It's like when it gets hard and tough, that's when they need to knuckle down. And yet it's tapping into that stuff of going, where are these gaps And that's where we can jump in. And it's all about mindset is to go, what's causing you pain? Let's flip that around and find the pleasure stuff. What is it? And you have to, you know, we have to actually identify is that you don't know what you don't know. And then it's like, you want to get better at it, get a coach, get a mindset coach. The other thing I think you also mentioned as well, Pete, is like if you see somebody in your organization who could do with changing their mindset, (laughs) potentially, (laughs) or could actually benefit from increasing self-regulation or self-awareness and so forth, it's important to remember that, again, we can't control anybody else. We can't make anybody be inspired about something. We can't make somebody go on a professional or personal development thing where they become a better leader. Mm. You can send them to a leadership course. Yes, you can. In a leadership course, they'll learn information and they'll increase their knowledge. However, in most 
leadership courses, and I'm not dissing them because knowledge is the beginning of what is absolutely needed and required for us to change. It's the beginning, it's not the end. Because if we don't have that experiential learning, that application straight away, and the person doesn't have that experience of agency in a different way, in a different format with different types of strategies, then their information and knowledge is likely to sit on a shelf. Again, how many of you have been to leadership or management courses and it was like, oh, that was a really good course. It's a really good one-day course, three-day course, 1500 bucks, two grand, 600 bucks, whatever it was that cost to go there. And then three months later, it's like, so what have you instigated from that? Oh, we changed the way we created our agendas. Awesome, cool. Has that created any team changes? It's always the agendas, isn't it? I don't know what it is, but it's always, you can, it's, the, it's the low-hanging fruit. The agenda can be changed. <laughs> Because it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, totally. That's super helpful for those, particularly when they feel almost powerless in that situation. They're willing to make the change, but there's others around that it feels like would impact them or be potentially creating it more difficult for them. So that can be a good point for them. Yeah. We also, what we're very strong is, is we're looking at creating, well, we are, we're, we're in the process. We have a mission. <laughs> We're on a mission. It's a big one. <laughs> People, we've been recently published in the American Reporter, and they said there's a dynamic duo on a mission. <laughs> so, okay, so we, we're here to create a global community of like-minded, strong, empowered women in STEM. We also have 15 to 20% who come to our programs who are men. Mm. However, our focus is towards women because that's where we see the greatest need in STEM. And so that's what we wanted to do. We connect people. We connect people with like-minded people so that they can feel more empowered. And even if you're in a situation which is a little bit toxic and really hard to cope with, there are absolutely ways where you can get your support, your encouragement, be with a tribe of like-minded people who are still progressing and wanting to improve themselves and their leadership abilities, regardless of what environment they find themselves in. And that's, again, what we mm. see as part of our mission, to connect these people together. Again, we've, we've connected people for lifelong <laughs> friendships that, that have just evolved and they're be becoming like absolute strong, strong lifelong buddies mm. in different areas and they would have never have connected before. They live in totally different cities or the, totally different parts of the world and they are coming together and sharing things together and encouraging each other and celebrating the things to celebrate, celebrating the wins. We so don't celebrate wins and they celebrate wins together and it's brilliant. Nice. Definitely don't need to convince me on the importance of community in these types of areas. And it's great you're building something out specific for mostly women in STEM. And that's something that at a global level is that needs impact. What does that community look like? Is it people chatting online or they meet up for sessions? What does that community actually look like? When we do some of our programs, some of them are online. So we do it through Zoom. And so we will have training sessions or Q&As, that type of stuff. So they come together as a group online and we do the training there with them. We always look through things and talk about wins and go, you know, bring it, bring more out of them. And then we have um, like closed groups. So we also use different social media platforms. And so we have closed groups. So it's a private group. So what goes on tour stays on tour. So we build that trust. We build that connection with them. And we make sure that then they feel safe to share those, you know, just, I mean, they're being vulnerable, you know, like you're finding out the good, the bad, the ugly about each other. And it's, they're revealing and being quite vulnerable 
because they're in an environment that we've created where they can feel safe to let that out. And then when they see or hear each other talking about that, whether it's, you know, sharing it online in a post or putting up a live video or, you know, they connect themselves. They've got their own, you know, chat rooms and things like that as well. And sometimes it's online. Other times they're actually meeting face-to-face now for coffee because they can. Mm. And it's, so that you know, they're, they're traveling to each other's places. We do a lot of stuff for us online. So that way we can be international, we can be global. And then the sessions are recorded and put up into different platforms, depending on the program that they purchase. And then it means that that stuff's always there for them and they can comment, video back on, as I say, meet face to face. So it's allowing them to to meet each other on all of those different areas. We also go into into corporations and we, we will take our training and coaching in there. And again, it's the model that we work is not the one-offs Mm-mm. because we know the one-offs is like for those people who like information. However, you cannot usually implement very much from one-offs no. because that agency is missing. And so the program that we do each year with um, our corporate clients is a three-month program. So there's a mixture of coaching, there's a mixture of social media interaction with that closed group, and there's a mixture of face-to-face actual learning and development throughout that as well. And so we have a variety of programs that we run, a variety of modalities. We do masterclasses often very free live masterclasses, Mm. which we have people from all over the world joining us, usually on a Saturday morning and Friday night or in the middle of the night, and they get up and they join us for an awesome 90 minutes of of learning and development and inspiration and growth. And it's absolutely cool. Also this year, we're also planning a retreat. We've got a retreat planned where we're getting a small group of people coming together for five days. And the intensive, amazing focus that you can get from that is absolutely awesomely groundbreaking. And so we're doing that as well, where people can come and travel at the moment. It's within Australia, obviously. (laughs) Um, But people can travel. That, again, is open to anybody who wants to travel to those retreats once a year that we're running at this stage. And they just get an enormous amount of, it's like being in a pressure cooker for five days. And learning the strategies, having fun. Everything has to have fun. (laughs) I'm not doing it otherwise. (laughs) And we grow together and we build that community. So many different ways that we grow community. Love it. And look, just lastly, to round things out then, thinking about those that might be checking out the show, we've got a lot of founders or technical clinical people who do need to become leaders to be able to help realize their vision, maybe build a team, whether it's employees, contractors, developers, you name it, those that really want to take their vision and make it a reality. We've touched on a lot of good points already throughout the conversation, which can be applied. But to round things up, you know, what would you say would be some of the most important things to focus on when building and leading a team the key thing with building a team is like i love team it's all about team (laughs) is you gotta be you like there's you can't you know grab a process a system and think that that's gonna fit everybody it's not a one size fits all you're dealing with people you're dealing with emotions you're dealing with histories you're dealing with stories you're dealing with people that bring everything you know whatever and so the key thing is you want to bring out the best in those people and it's been able to bring out the best in yourself so it's about who you be not what you do so you can look up as much stuff as you like, and and I get like I'm, I get quite heated on this kind of stuff. Is is you can you can do as much as you want, but if it's not tapping into the strengths of the person, if it's not you bringing your best self forward and being 
You know, it's all about you, who you be, not what you do. And so when you're able to be your true self, then people go, hey, wow, that person's obviously being themselves. You know, they'll, they'll sense it, they'll feel it, they'll hear it, they'll know it. And then they will put their best self out there too. And so what you're doing is building this collective of people who want to be the best version of themselves. And then when you do that, that's when you don't just have a group of individuals. That's when you'll actually build a team. So much of that authenticity really resonates with me. I think that'll be super valuable for many that are in the Talking Health Tech community and more broadly listening to the podcast. Just lastly, as we finish up, how can people find out more about what you guys are doing at World Institute? Awesome. So check us out on www.waltinstitute.com. Make sure you put three T's into Institute because I often do that. <laughs> Leave one out. And contact us. You can email either of us, Elizabeth or Christine, at waltinstitute.com. Again, you can email us directly. And we would love you to make contact with us. If you go to our website, you can book a call through our website if you want to find out a little bit more about a specific program or just to have a chat and and see if we're a good fit to come into your organisation. We also do innovative, authentic leadership assessments for organisations to set up how the organisation is actually functioning at this stage. And then from there, we'll design the program with you to work out what needs to go forward. So we do bespoke programs for corporate entities as well as individual and group coaching along the way. Perfect. Look, I've really enjoyed the conversation, Elizabeth and Christine. There's so many interesting and valuable insights that have been provided to anyone in any area that's checking out the show. So we'll make sure the details for Wild Institute are in the show notes of this episode and on our website and linking through to your directory listing where they can then go check out what you do at wildinstitute.com. So look, thank you, Christine and Elizabeth, for your time. Thank you very much. Thanks, Pete. All the best to everyone else. Thanks for listening to the show. Check out TalkingHealthTech.com to connect with other people in our community and to learn more about the Australian health tech industry. Also, make sure you hit subscribe on your favourite podcast player so you don't miss an episode and share this episode with a few people who need to hear it. Now go make it happen. Go make it happen.